think you should touch your eyeball to the microphone. But if you wanted to, I just don't suggest it. You like, so much stuff. you like Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> the hell was it? Ace Ventura? Mm-hmm. It was the second one when he was trying to get the guy to, the Raven guy to confess. <laughs> one of his torture techniques poking his eyeball yeah the other one was um he had his fork and his knife and he scratched him on the plate yeah but it was the, it was the eyeball that got him to confess because he was like my brother used to do that to me when i was a boy i think my favorite scenes from both of those movies is where they're at the mental hospital and he's got the tutu <laughs> spun around and slammed his face down on the bench and then yeah. the second movie where he's coming out of the rhino did i tell you oh i think i probably did but when i was in high school in photography class we had to make pinhole cameras um so they're basically like you make some sort of box and then you poke a tiny tiny little hole in it and that is the shutter and then you instead of using film you develop it straight onto like photo paper Mm -hmm. anyways my pinhole camera was the rhino and the shutter was his tail (laughs) so his tail would velcro on and off so i would i would like point the rhino's ass at things and then i would peel the tail off and you just stand there for 30 seconds and then put the tail back on and then you develop the image that's awesome yeah my teacher asked if he could keep it and i was like you can keep it for now but I will come back and want it eventually because it's my finest masterpiece yeah. of paper mache, and I never went back and got it. Oh, it wasn't I, just a box. Like you, you. I pa- I paper mache that shit. Yeah, wow. I, made, I made a fucking rhino. Mm. Nice. <laughs> I bet he's hilarious. retired, but still has that like on a mantle somewhere. Yeah, one of these days I'm gonna have to go back there and get it from him. He better still have just it. Just search him and see if he has a Facebook. And be like, yo, bro, give it back. Give me my rhino back. <laughs> yeah. Does that uh? I so I guess with with just exposing the paper that's not a negative it's just a st- it is a negative so oh. yeah it projects the oh, image, yeah, it the image projects upside down and then yeah. it exposes on the paper and then you take the paper and develop that and that creates the negative so you take that paper and put it on top of another piece of paper and expose it under an enlarger and that makes the positive image hmm. i never had to do that in my photography class we did do black and white film and we yeah, developed you mu- it you had to do black and white film you're from the stone ages he had it when it was still the powder residue yeah. <laughs> yeah the powder flash. silver plates <laughs> we had to do a photography project where obviously you have to develop develop your own film but we just had like regular ass cameras but my friend was really afraid of the pan's labyrinth movie at the time so what i did was i, I had another friend take you've seen it where there's like the little eyeballs on the middle of the guy's hands and he just oh, yeah. has mm-hmm. it up to his face so I had another friend pose like that, and then I like secretively mailed that picture that I developed to her house oh. with like on the back was like "We're watching you," but in like red blood sharpie. Nice. <laughs> it was fun. I thought you were gonna say you had the person dress like that and hide in the dark room so that when she came through the dark room door, she was like, "Holy fuck!" That would have been cooler, but she was mm. not in the class with us at the time, oh, so well. I figured I would just be creepier and send it. I'd mailed it. I used postage and mailed it to her home. <laughs> <laughs> no return address. No. Ah, well, speaking of scaring the shit out of people, I guess this scared some people. So today, oh, yeah, I guess I'll let you do it. Oh, hello, everybody, and welcome to Death by Music Podcast. I'm Jake, as always, here with Cassie and Alex, and we've got a uh, extendo. Bitch. We've got extendos. Bitch, we got extendos. <laughs> yeah, pop, and pop, we're pop, uh, pop. talking about the time uh, where Nikki Six died twice. Yeah. And finally decided to quit doing drugs, more right. or less. Yeah. Have you <laughs> read the, the Dirt book? 
that they've written. I didn't read the book, but I watched the movie. <laughs> There's an episode of Gilmore Girls where Lorelai is reading the book, and she's like, ah, every time I turn the page, it just is worse and worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what <laughs> and I, I was like, I feel like that is the best description, but I also like it doesn't really make me want to read it. Yeah, I don't know. no, I've heard terrible things about it, and sure. then, so I just watched the movie, and then you know, it was. It was enough. They are all assholes, sure. except for McMars. He's the only one who doesn't suck, but I'll kind of get to that in here. Oh, cool. If you're not familiar with the extendos, well, neither are we, because we just kind of started doing them. Um, we <laughs> had planned initially for a regular full episode to come out today, but those require hours and hours of research, and yeah. we have not had the time. So we are reading somebody else's article uh, about... Something that could be a mini episode, but it's a little bit too long. So we, we kind of weren't sure where to put it. So we've decided to do extendo episodes on the weeks when we are just way too busy. Um, if you guys have been keeping up with us, you would know that me and Cassie just had Bonnaroo. Uh, Jake had Dragon Con. So he's at a nerd convention. We're in a music thing. Yeah, I'll give you the details later. Yes, when it actually happens. <laughs> so we're recording this episode in advance to to make sure that you guys still have content for the coming weeks. Um, yeah. And then Cassie's like going on vacation, and then me and Jake have some shit to do as well. So we're the whole month of the whole month of September basically. None of us are in town at the same time, hence okay. the extendo. So right. we're getting all this shit done in advance. This episode was actually recorded like three weeks in the past, and. Um, we're time traveling yeah we'll tell you all about the th cool things that we've done like on october 1st or something i don't know we'll, we'll, we'll just be it like out. how youtubers are like life update mm -hmm. oh she did a <laughs> little piece yeah. yeah. <laughs> with, with the duck lips <laughs> yeah it's fine okay so does anybody want to read this one sure okay well you had a note Oh, yeah. It's from Newsweek. Uh, Motley Crue and the real story of Nikki Six's overdose going beyond the dirt. That's the title of the article. And it's by Andrew Whalen. Oh, yeah. As you guys know, we here at Death by Music <laughs> podcast are experts on drugs. Just gallons of PCP. Gallons of PCP. That's we it. do it all the time. <laughs> we are big drug heads. Oh um, and here you'll get to know our expert drug knowledge and testimonies bare minimum <laughs> <laughs> so in may 1987 motley crew released their fourth studio album girls 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 it was the band's third album in a row to go quadruple platinum and the second highest charter on the billboard 200 that year right after whitney houston's self-titled album whitney <laughs> it's italicized so i felt the need to read it that way so uh, just seven months later, on December 23rd, 1987, Motley Crue bassist Nikki Six overdosed on heroin. After reportedly being clinically dead for two minutes, he woke up in an ambulance with two syringes sticking out of his chest where paramedics had injected him with adrenaline. Can you imagine like a straight hole that goes right into your heart? Like, no. Through your chest cap. Well, they're, they're needles, though. They're pretty small. Right. But, I mean, yeah, but if that's he was numb you know from what? the heroin... They they he might not have felt it. There's got to be some serious needles then. Yeah, I was just thinking they got to go through your, your bone or they got to they got to stab you in between your uh, yeah. in between your ribs. Right into yeah. your heart. Ugh. Yikes. Yeah, I didn't even. Ugh. <clears throat> the paramedic apparently said to Nikki Six, no one's going to die in my fucking ambulance. <laughs> like it's a die hard movie. And then <laughs> I guess it was also quoted in the book autobiography, The Dirt Confessions of World's Most Notorious Rock Band. When the overdose became public knowledge, media outlets started reporting Six, Six's death 
In reality, the musician woke up in the hospital, and after an in-hospital interrogation by police, Six was released on his own recognizance. Recognizance. Okay. Cool word. No. I like the Z in it. I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) (laughs) The acclaimed bassist wandered the streets shirtless. Uh, Well, I guess, okay, he was in the hospital parking lot. Let me see. Let me do that again. (laughs) Just read the sentence. Yeah. (laughs) I'm making things up as I go. It's improv. Okay. The acclaimed bassist wandered shirtless in the hospital parking lot where two crying fans found him and gave him a lift home. This makes more sense because I was like, were they crying because they found him or they were just... (laughs) They were sad because he, uh, it's because they thought he was dead and then he wasn't. Yeah. Can you imagine being that fan? Oh my gosh. I would have been like, I'm his ghost. I'm your, I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> I'm on my way to the graveyard now. I mean, and, but why would you do that? Why would you be like, didn't you just die of like a heroin overdose? I don't think you should go home right now. Yeah. Like, I don't think he was in the right state of mind. Yeah. That's just a, that's an overall generalization that I have so, of him. And do you think that like, if you say you overdose on heroin, Right, that's probably got you all fucked up. Sure. And then they inject the adrenaline like directly into your heart. That doesn't necessarily neutralize it. Have you seen the movie Crank? (laughs) That's PCP, I think. No, it's not. Well, uh, the the drug Crank, maybe the movie Crank with Jason Statham, where he has to like his heart rate has to stay above a certain point before like he's got some type of like explosive device that if it goes below that it will like die i thought he was on pcp the whole time i mean he should have drank a gallon of pcp because it would have been might have helped but he has to yeah so that adrenaline he needs to find like keep it pumping so i would just imagine that it would fill you with more rage you know when you're like really 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 tired or hungover and then you drink a shitload of coffee so it doesn't really neutralize it. You don't feel better. You're just you're like dead, but also wired. Yeah. Okay. That's, That's what I imagine. Okay. It felt like. <laughs> um, heroin, ne- <laughs> heroin nearly killed me. As a matter of fact, it did. Six wrote in an editorial about the opioid crisis for the Los Angeles Times. From the outside looking in, I was living the dream. But in reality, I was, er, I was in the throes of a disease I couldn't control addicted to heroin. Six's overdose was the culmination of years of addiction. In his book, The Heroin Diaries, he describes himself as a man who was so hooked on heroin and cocaine that he had to die twice before he began to contemplate a more positive lifestyle. Mm. Six traces his addictive personality back to 1965 when his stepdad urged him to take a hit from a joint and pull or and a pull from a bottle of Jack Daniels while on vacation in Guadalajara, Mexico. Six was six years old at the time. Is this why his name is Nikki Six? I have no idea. <laughs> he was like six <laughs> years old. That's the day my childhood died. Yeah, basically. Because this, this next quote really got me. He said, once that pot and whiskey hit my system, my mind went kaboom and my whole world changed. Oh my God. The static in my head and my body that I felt all day, every day just went away. Six wrote Wait, did he tires. keep doing this? What six-year-old is that self-aware of static? Like, hmm. That's, that's, it's a weird sensation to think about like right, how like when you're like trying I, to, I don't remember feeling like that when i was a kid trying to numb your own life at six yeah yeah that's kind of fucked up it is matt i messed up um everything in my life became about chasing that feeling to this day it has never stopped no matter how much work i do on myself um okay so most kids who like drink or whatever they end up be regretting it you know like people talk about oh when i was a kid i was like eight years old and i tried a beer and i thought it was the most disgusting thing in the world Mm -hmm. and he overlooked how disgusting jack daniels would taste as a six-year-old who's never had alcohol before he overlooked that 
and said, I caught a buzz. I like that. I was tipsy. That's fucked. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's probably more than tipsy at six. I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know what kind of tolerance one, a six-year-old what, has. It should be nothing. Like, <laughs> probably none. <laughs> well, it's just like you being 21 and drinking Jack the and, whatever. It's the same, whatever yeah. age you are. <clears throat> well, well, he's, he's smaller. <laughs> yeah, he's a lot smaller. That's the thing. So it's like me when I first drank because I'm the size of a six-year-old. True. Okay. Fourteen. Fourteen-year-old. Like <laughs> In 1981, Six began practicing with drummer Tommy Lee. They soon recruited guitarist Mick Mars and singer Vince Neil, and Motley Crue was formed. That same year, they released 900 copies of their first solo album, Too Fast for Love. By eight, or ooh, by 1983, we're going back in time. <laughs> by 1983, Motley Crue was world famous for their heavy metal bombast and post-apocalyptic glam costumes and sets. We had watched Mad Max and Escape from New York nonstop until every image was engraved in our brains. Six described in the dirt. <laughs> in the dirt. Like he wrote it out in dirt. <laughs> I wish that was really how it was. He's got a tiny little toothpick and he's playing in the mud. Okay. They also became known for their hard partying. Burnished on a 1984 world tour with Ozzy Osbourne. I think this is when Ozzy is depicted snorting ants in the movie The Dirt, uh, which is a story for another mini-sode. It's a good source of protein. Did you did you see the movie, first of all, Jake? No. What? Can it's, they just bring back the Osbourne show? Because like Ozzy walking around like just drunk most of the day what is this where am is i so relatable you know what? I, I i might actually enjoy that like now yeah because i don't think i liked it back then no yeah. it just I I, i'm not normally a reality tv type but i would watch it that. now it just sounds <laughs> yeah. funny you know yeah i bet you can find it on like hulu yeah, or something. It's somewhere. yeah it's probably I'll on have there to go check it out hulu's so, got a lot of reality stuff yeah mm-hmm. they do so Six first began using heroin while Motley Crue worked on their second studio album, 1983's Shout at the Devil, after he crashed his Porsche into a telephone pole. It's probably the best place for it. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. In case you guys wondered how Jake feels about German cars. Or is it Porsche or Porsche? It's Porsche. Okay. Don't want to get our German listeners mad at us. Oh, oh well. Even though I just said I hate Porsches. I know nothing about cars. Okay. <laughs> he so, loves Ramstein, so, so give him that. After he Ramsteined his Porsche into a telephone pole, doctors fixed, <laughs> 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 nice. doctors fixed his shoulder and gave him a bottle of painkillers. But okay, did nobody consider why he may have crashed his car into a fucking pole? Because he was high? Yeah. Here's painkillers. Like, what? He has already got painkillers. He was on heroin, you dumbasses. Whatever. He probably hit it because he was driving a Porsche. I think it's because he was high. But also, it's probably a combination of the two. (laughs) He probably just couldn't drive. He was still six years old at the time. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nikki Six went on to say that he spent the next three days unconscious, whacked out on painkillers. Heroin began began to consume him. First to kill the pain of the shoulder, then later to kill the pain of life, life. which is the pain of not being on heroin. Oh. Wow. Dear diary. Mood, Mood apathetic. apathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel bad. But I feel, okay, so like addiction, obviously bad, but at what point, do, do we get to the point where he's talking he's, about treatment? 
Yeah, he okay. did eventually get sober. We'll get to it. Okay. So at first, he only smoked heroin, cooking brown lumps of tar on tinfoil and sucking up the vapor. Is that how you do it? We're giving That's people he did it. advice? It seems like a lot of work, honestly. First, you have to get the heroin. So oh. we're not really giving them advice. Yeah. I think then you that's have to the, go to the grocery the store. Brown the lumps of tar <laughs> really get the sells tinfoil, me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Get a little Bunsen burner. That's expensive. You need fuel. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> We're not really, you know, helping people do it. Uh, they still have to go through the hard work of finding it. Sure. But luckily, two friends, one from glam metal band Rat, taught him how to use needles instead. Luckily. So. What else are friends for? Do you crush it up and dissolve it in um, something? Like, I think what, that's what form does heroin when they're burning even it come in the spoon, in? you know? Yeah. I think. Okay. I. I so don't, there are spoons involved. Because I was just thinking. Um, yes, I think so. Okay, so this is the image that I have of it in my head from, I guess, media. Maybe from some Breaking Bad. I feel like I've seen this in Breaking Bad. Maybe when he was living with his girlfriend in that little room. Remember, I think she was doing heroin and overdosed. But anyways, what I think what you do. And, and again, remember, we're drug experts. <laughs> so take this. As exactly this is exactly how you do it i oh. do get a lot of information from drugs.com oh did you are you gonna <laughs> tell no, no, us i'm just saying in general that's oh, okay. where i get info, you know a lot yeah, of information so from, we're basically so. pharmacists we're basically yeah we're experts um, i think that you put it in the little rock well actually this doesn't make any sense uh, i don't know i think you put it in a spoon and then you like hold it over a flame and then it kind of melts into a liquid caramelizes it it's a lot like sugar oh but then why would you put that in your blood why not they wouldn't be, it would it be really technically supposed to put anything have, in Have you blood. seen what meth like, is made out of? It would be hot, though. That would really hurt. You let it cool. But then would is it, it solidify? I don't know. Maybe you... I don't know. It's magic. Maybe you throw some water in there and stir it up, and then you heat it up, and then you melt it, and then you put it in the syringe. And, and then drug dealers are deep, magicians. Deep. <laughs> yes. I don't know. <laughs> Wow, where were we? It so that's matter. my idea of so, how you do drugs. We're, yeah, we're trying to figure out how this stuff works. That's <laughs> yeah. where we're at. Oh, putting it in a needle. Right. Six went on to say, it was all over the first time I shot up. I just passed out. Vince's vice was women. With those first shots, I learned that mine was to be drugs for the rest of my life. Hmm. Soon after, Six was mixing cocaine into his heroin to keep from passing out. Would that give it a different consistency? I, I would don't assume. Know. I'm like, like chalkier than. Couldn't you just do like less heroin to keep from passing out? But how do you even know? What form does co- uh, cocaine come in? Cocaine. I guess it's powder. It's powder. It's powder. All right. All right. No, I I'm learned gonna, that. I learned that from Metalocalypse. All right. So cocaine is powder. <laughs> I'm just yeah. gonna go for it. How um, do but then, what are crack rocks? Do heroin? Isn't that cocaine? Crack Crack cocaine, it's they're like the same. Sh- I would assume I that crack rocks are the pre-powdered. Oh National helpline, heroin drug facts. What is heroin? She and how how is to it use used? heroin, and they gave her a helpline. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, rightfully so. The internet should be doing those things. Um, poppies, blah, blah, blah. push notifications. Okay, typically sold as a white or brownish powder. Oh, that is cut with sugar, starch, powdered milk, or quinine. Pure heroin is a white powder. I did not know that. So could you... Oh, it could be snorted or smoked. Okay, interesting. Uh, so, black tar heroin is sticky like roofing tar. Gross. Um, how that's do you what do the, that? That's the one that gets injected. Um, I think that's the That's what that's Jenny was using oh, for Here we go. Impure heroin is usually dissolved, diluted, and injected. So they dissolve it into water, I guess? All right. Okay. Here we go. Thank we're you. Right. Thank yes, you. That's learning. from drugabuse.gov. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. 
we know. <laughs> With the success of Shout at the Devil, Six and Motley Crue found themselves surrounded by enablers. The more effed up we got, the greater people thought we were, and the more they supplied us with what we needed to get even more fucked up. Radio stations brought us groupies. Management gave us drugs. Uh, Everyone we met made sure we were constantly fucked up and fucked up. Right. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. Professional groupies. That's so that weird that the radio station would be like, hey, um, ba- whatever band, like we've got three hot girls that we picked out of the crowd for you. Right. Do you want them as an offering? Can we interview you uh, i mean some bands did that i i seem to vaguely recall but they didn't need the help of the radio station no, no not the radio station <laughs> I, I i seem to recall reading a biography or something about kiss back in high school it's kiss. and it's Cassie's favorite band. they no, they had guys out in the crowd picking Scouting. girls out they and would, bringing them backstage for them we have to watch the johnny cash movie because that's what Same. they did in that movie as okay, well. Okay, so it's 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 universal. It's a thing that yeah, he happened. would have his like his yeah. people. I don't know if it was his managers or whatever, but his people would be like you, you, and you. Yeah, come on. Six's fellow band members started calling him out for his heroin use while preparing to open for Ozzy Osbourne in his 1983 Bark at the Moon tour. The band demoed their set for record company executives. A frustrated crew guitarist Mick Mars shouted. To, into his microphone, perhaps we could play these songs for you if Nikki hadn't been all up all night doing heroin. Mick Mars is the only one in Motley Crue who isn't a piece of shit, and honestly, I'm surprised that he could deal with all of their BS. Um, Probably because they were making so much money. But he was like way older than them too. I think he was like 10 or 15 years older than them, so he Damn. was just Out like of the partying phase. Yeah, he's like, can we shut the fuck up and play some music? Sure. And even in like the movie, it kind of depicts him like that. He, <laughs> Vince, uh, Tommy Lee, and Nikki Six are like notoriously pieces of shit, and Mick Mars is just like a talented guitarist who's like the adult. Oh, well, they are coming out with a Pamela and Tommy series, I think, on Netflix. Interesting. It's um a like a biopic series, so they have people cast as them, and they fucking look just like them. It's Ooh, crazy. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. While Six's heroin use became more public, he only realized he had a problem while on tour with Cheap Trick. That's a weird. Not when he like pairing. Died? Oh, oh, yeah. we're not there yet. I don't think okay. we're there yet. <laughs> he had his first near brush with death towards the end of the tour after a London heroin dealer helped him inject. Walking or waking up from blackout, he remembered the drug dealer carrying him outside like an old trash bag, intending him to throw his body in the dumpster after giving up on resuscitating him. <laughs> I'm not laughing, but like Bye, you trash, whoop, throw you in the fucking dumpster. <laughs> um, Nikki Six said, "I had large welts all over my arms and chest from being struck with a baseball bat. That was the dealer's idea. He thought he could put me in so much pain that my system would shock itself back into action." So now he's just like, oh, dude, beat the fuck up. I don't know. Baseball bat is not the same as like the, the staying alive the resuscitation of like. Splash some water on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking beat him with a baseball bat and then throw him in the garbage. If instead. I hit him so hard, he'll wake back up. No. We'll probably fucking pass back They were out probably cause... both really high. That's true. That's decent high logic, though. I mean, he thought it, he thought it through a little yeah, bit. Slightly. So Six's addiction continued and his relationship with his fellow band members decayed. It had, or it came to a head at Lee's, Lee's. Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee. Okay. It came to a head at Lee's April 1986 wedding to Heather Locklear, where Six was the best man. I like how they specified which wedding, because I'm assuming he was married more than once. Yeah. Pamela. Yeah. Okay. Remember? Is that it? God, when was the last know. time you heard of Heather okay. Locklear? Mm, it's been a while. The 90s. I don't yeah. know. 
Okay. Lee goes on to say, Six was emaciated. He sweated constantly and his skin was pure yellow. He kept excusing himself to go to the bathroom and then he'd return and start nodding off in the middle of the ceremony. As a best man, he was so fucked up on heroin, he was useless. He, I couldn't believe he was shooting up at my fucking wedding well i mean why not why would he not be doing that but does that every other fucking day as a friend though at what point do you intervene and like get them help pretty soon here oh okay (laughs) at the wedding six told motley crew tour manager rich fisher that he was using heroin though he suspect or suspected everyone already knew Mm. yeah they knew um six's management company held an intervention oh look at that and got him to agree to rehab but as soon as he escaped the treatment center or but soon he escaped the treatment center by jumping from a second story window in his hospital gown and walking home it's like a combination of kurt cobain and ted bundy <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so you know about ted bundy jake uh, no he, he got out he jumped out of the when he was at court he jumped out of like a second story window and ran to the fucking woods he like really literally yeah. ran to the hills <laughs> and like lived in a mountain for i don't know a month or something found in, in just in the wilderness huh <laughs> Interesting. and then obviously kurt cobain if you guys are subscribed to our patreon or you have heard from other sources he scaled, he, he scaled a, wall. a wall and like dipped out of rehab yeah so it's like the second story part and yeah Everything is connected. Sorry, I'm going. Okay. Um, by 19... 19- Do you want some uh, adrenaline in your heart? Mm-hmm. Inject me. <laughs> you got a baseball bat Inject somewhere? I might. Dub Cassie Oz, we just fucking beat her. <laughs> Wake up! <laughs> you said it like that without even trying. <laughs> so by 1987, Six's condition had worsened. Yeah, because he escaped rehab. His hair was coming out in clumps. He described himself as disintegrating. On December 23rd, he went out to, or he went out with Robin Crosby of Rat, Slash of Guns N' Roses, and members of Megadeth for a a cocaine-fueled evening. After returning to the Franklin Plaza Hotel, Six had their dealer inject him with a dose of heroin that nearly ended his life. In the dirt, Six described the out-of-body experience he had as the paramedics rushed him to the hospital. He said, it felt as if something very gentle was grabbing my head and pulling me upward. Above me, everything was bright white. I looked down and realized that I had left my body. Um, Nikki Six, or the filthy tattooed container that had once held him, was lying covered face to toe with a sheet on a gurney being pushed by medics into an ambulance. At least he knew he was filthy. (laughs) (laughs) It was all the spaghetti. Uh, Yeah, he's probably covered in spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) So Neil recalled getting a late night call from Fisher, who wasn't sure whether Six was dead or alive. Neil dressed to get to the hospital, then received another call from Six's limo driver, who described seeing the heroin dealer jump from the hotel window what and run fuck? down the street shouting, I just killed Nikki Six. Why would you? I don't know the context of this. I just killed Nikki, you know, like. I just killed Nikki Six. Yeah, like. <laughs> the singer next heard from Motley Crue's accountant, Chuck Shapiro, who said a reporter had called asking for a quote for Six's obituary. Neil stayed on the line while Shapiro called the hospital for confirmation. He just left, Neil recalls a nurse telling Shapiro. He pulled the tubes out of his nose, tore the IVs out of his arms, and told everyone to fuck off. He walked out with only a pair of leather pants on. Again. Like, he did that the first time. He just, he just walked just out, got out and hospital. Yeah, left the hospital with nothing but pants on. And Six's overdose is dramatized in the new Netflix Motley Crue biopic, The Dirt. This is an old article. Mm-hmm. In the movie version, Six played by Douglas Booth, Six is described as spending $1,000 a day on heroin. He overdoses after a conversation about the sexual proclivities of Walt Disney. What? Okay. Hmm. 
Six entered rehab in January 1988. The rest of Motley Crue also became sober after their managers canceled a European tour in fear of their health. In 1989, Motley Crue released their most successful album, Dr. Feelgood. It's kind of ironic, though, that that's the best-selling album, and none of them had to be on drugs to make it good. They had all of the experiences to write about. I think Dr. Feelgood's actually about the drug dealer. Six says he hasn't used heroin since his near-death experience. I would hope not. But he still (laughs) struggles with addiction. He said, when I meet and talk to other addicts, I sometimes feel like I'm viewed as some kind of superhuman, a guy who has evolved completely through his recovery and has reached a weird kind of recovery enlightenment. This couldn't be further from the truth, Six wrote in a 2017 introduction to an anniversary edition of the Heroin Diaries. Since its publication, I have felt the res- or I have felt a responsibility to the recovery community that I had never felt before. A responsibility to maintain my sobriety because I am an example for others. I am not infallible. And it is a very crucial fact I hope people understand. I don't think he's, like it said, um, he hasn't gone back to heroin, but I think he has had issues with drinking, I believe, since then. Probably, yeah. Yeah. He's addicted to, like, not showering. What was it? For, like, two months? Mm, Yeah. That's what that mini episode was about. I I finally remembered. I knew we did one on them, but I couldn't think of what it was. Was he really addicted to not showering? I don't think that was an addiction. That was the bet. bet. (laughs) It was him and Tommy Lee that made the bet remember to not shower for that long and mm-hmm. that's when the spaghetti thing. and they were still sleeping around being filthy but yeah that's the um that's the incident that inspired them to write kickstart my heart which i think was on the dr feelgood album so they're all of their songs were like still about all of these Drugs. experiences yeah but yeah but they were no longer on them at the time yeah kickstart my heart well they could have been honestly if they wrote it all in rehab but yeah that was one of the episodes that we wanted to do because he like died but didn't die he's still alive but he did die once it's interesting that he didn't suffer severe brain damage though for being you know if you're if your brain's deprived of oxygen for two whole minutes i wonder yeah what that does to you well i I, I assume his heart stopped then that's when they said he was died for two minutes oh that's true so if his i wonder heart if he was still were, able to if they were still doing cpr then they still could have been pumping blood right. and oxygen and shit to his brain yeah they did st- yeah they could have had that little oxygen bulb thing on his face yeah if they were doing cpr i think that prevents the brain damage part yeah uh, nine minutes is when you get severe and irreversible brain damage after 10 minutes the chances of survival are low okay i like how you just uh <laughs> He, he was in the hospital, just pulled all the shit off his arms, just like, fuck you guys, and left, and didn't even pay a this bill. This motherfucker's got holes <laughs> in his heart. I think they would have been able to, to bill him afterwards. Maybe. They're yeah. like, that guy, he's been here before. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know his name, yeah. Yeah. Um, Although they'll do what just like the military does and find you by your tattoos. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I just can't imagine. They, they He had two of these things that were stabbed into his heart, through his chest. I mean... Yeah. And I guess missed his lungs. I don't know. Went through. Well, his the paramedics were the ones that stabbed him. So I would assume that they knew what they were doing at the time. Yeah. But now you just have holes through all of your shit. And I, I imagine they that close back up. Well, I'm sure they do. But I I feel like it would hurt. But if you yes. still I mean, he's still got the heroin in his, in his system. So maybe they don't. Don't do heroin. OK. Don't get stabbed in the chest with needles with of adrenaline. OK. You're welcome. Thank you for that solid advice. Well, thank you guys for do we have anything else to really say thanks for listening Mm -hmm. we take 
compliments. <laughs> we, we, we take money. Um, you can write us reviews on Apple Podcasts. I wonder if anyone's done that lately. I checked recently, but I didn't think so. You can write us reviews on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to our Patreon. You can follow our playlists on Spotify. You can follow us on Spotify. Death by Podcast team. Um, yeah. Here are some reviews. Here's one that I don't think we ever read on Apple from... Did we? I don't remember. K.M. Motto. It's been up there for a minute, but let me read it. Love this podcast. Five stars. It covers all genres of music, and they always include a Spotify playlist with each full episode. I've discovered a lot of new music I never would have listened to otherwise. The stories they tell are fascinating and informative. The banter between them when they get off topic can be quite hilarious. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially in season three with the addition of new cast member, the mysterious, in quotes, Jake. Did your mother write this review? She did. Uh, Well worth the download. (laughs) I'm hooked. (laughs) Like, man, that sounds familiar. That's why I didn't want to read it because my mom wrote it. Oh, I don't. Does her review count? My mom still thinks we're making podcasts about sex. So she's fine. Gay sex. Gay sex. Okay, here's one from Mari. It says, keep them coming. Music junkie slash true crime addict here. And I dig the widespread coverage of all music related deaths. The banter they have with each other keeps you engaged from start to finish. Oh, that's cool. So nobody nobody hates me yet. So that's good. No, nobody hates (laughs) you. Not that they've told. (laughs) Yeah. Not that they've posted on the internet. Yeah. I have been, uh, I think, improving. I don't know. <laughs> Alex just turned to me and was like, don't say anything. Make it awkward. <laughs> no, you're fine. I don't know. I feel like the Patreon's a good fucking source. So go find us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash death by podcast team. For the low price of $5 a month, you get about two episodes of fresh content. Now, um, keep in mind, our September subscribers, we are very sorry. Our two episodes are going to come out at the end of the month. You're still getting two episodes this month. Right. But we just... Like I said, we're all on vacation, literally right now. So um, we'll get them to you at the end. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, uh, my therapist told me to tell you guys that I love you. Gross. <laughs> That's what I told her you'd say, but like, she was, oh, to us or yeah, to yeah, the yeah. listeners? So I, she was like, just tell them when you when you leave. Like, just tell the people who matter to you, like that you love them. And I was like, why would I do that? And she was like, because you do, right? And I was like, I mean, I guess, but I don't have to tell them. And she was like, yes, but you should tell them. So you should tell them today or when you see them next Aww. and just let me know how it goes. Mm. And I was like, well, She's I can't so do this seriously. So I'll do it on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and say so my therapist told me to. You've said it. I love you, Cassie. Oh, I love you. You've said it to me seriously before. I'm Maybe. But it's, I mean, we're always in the same. Jake, yeah. I love you. <laughs> I love no, you, Jake. Please stop. He won't make eye contact with me. It's very awkward. It is. Jake. <laughs> now you say it. Oh, I have to tell Jake I oh, love no, him. I'm just no. curious. Jake, how do you feel right now? Uh, he looks I uncomfortable. Kinda, yeah. Like, I, I need to leave. Okay. Well, so- <laughs> sorry. We have to record another episode after oh, this. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Giving the people what they want. <laughs> Rest in peace. Bye. Later. Music by Demons at Demons Band on Instagram. Artwork by Mike Johnson. Writing and production by Cassie Gardner, Alex Motler, and Jake.